Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. This is Earl Stewart, the recovering car dealer, back live. You heard my recorded intro, and uh, we've been doing this radio show to help you avoid being ripped off by a car dealer for about 17 years. We welcome all the newbies, all the new folks that uh, haven't uh, heard of us before. Please spread the word. Uh, I think we have something special here. I think our regular listeners, I'm going to say 20,000. I keep thinking about getting the Nielsen rating, and I forget to ask uh, the station management here to get us a copy of the latest Nielsen rating, but we're, we're pretty popular. In fact, uh, we've grown exponentially because of the uh, internet, and we're now on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, literally all over the globe. Uh, we get as many calls from out of state now, I think, as we do in state. I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but we're close. Feels like it. And so, uh, anywhere in the world, if you can uh, find us on the internet, uh, we'd love to talk to you, hear your comments, criticisms. Uh, we'd love to uh, hear your questions. This is what we do best: is answer questions. We've got just not about buying and leasing. It's also about maintaining and repairing. You heard in my introduction, Rick Kearney is sitting to my right here. And uh, I, I expect Rick probably ought to get more calls than anybody. Uh, you only buy a car every four or five, six years. You maintain your car two or three times a year. Uh, hopefully you don't have to repair it that many times, but you should maintain your car. And uh, we got this pandemic thing. Have you heard about it? Yeah. There's a pandemic out there, and a lot of people are just nervous about driving any place to do anything. You don't want to go to a restaurant, uh, you don't want to go to a movie, and a lot of you don't want to go to a service department and a car dealership. Uh, maybe uh, Rick can help you out. You might have something that he can uh, advise you on, something you can fix yourself. Or maybe you don't fix it, you just leave it alone because it doesn't need to be fixed. And uh, wait till this thing calms down a little bit until you do feel comfortable. So Rick Kearney, Certified Diagnostic Master Technician, uh, you can call him, 877-960-9960. This is a radio show, and that used to be the only way you got hold of us. Uh, 877-960-9960. Call in, you know, talk, and then is time passed and uh, the 21st century got into high gear suddenly we're uh, we, we added text was the first remember and uh, our text number is 772-497-6530 we said hey that's really high tech we got a text line wow i mean we're cool now a text line 772-497-6530 but hey facebook facebook.com forward slash earl on cars uh we have a whole bunch of Facebook followers, and then YouTube, uh, same thing. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Twitter, I mean, you know the formula, uh, you folks that are cyber savvy. So we'll love to hear from all of you. Uh, 
we, we relish and, and, and treasure your personal experiences. And we get a lot of uh, calls and texts and, and, and postings on, on what happened when you went into a car dealership to have your car serviced or repaired. And uh, I, I don't talk about the body shop as much as I used to. Uh, we used to have a guy, Alan Napier, um, he, he's part of my dealership, been for many, many years. Uh, he is a body shop manager, knows all about insurance companies. So uh, you folks out there that have uh, issues with insurance companies, uh, damage to your car, uh, worried about the right estimate, worried about where to take it, uh, where to get a, a first class repair job, uh, we'll wing it, and we'll get we'll get Alan on the yeah, line. We'll get Alan back in here. Yeah, we'll get Alan Let's back in. Yeah. But we're not trying to neglect <laughs> we body shots. We just uh, Alan's a little shy. Uh, you never know it when he's here. Let's send him an Uber right yeah, now. There we go. <laughs> so uh, I forgot one of our ways to t uh, reach us. I always do. I don't know why. It's probably the most popular. It's youranonymousfeedback.com. I stumbled across this about three years ago. There's a company called Incognito, and they had the great idea that a lot of companies out there, including some blue chips, uh, Adobe and I think uh, Amazon, I'm not sure of all the companies that used uh, this Incognito, but it's an anonymous feedback for your employees. And I said, hey, let's have anonymous feedback for our followers on Facebook and, and our listeners to the radio, youranonymousfeedback.com, www.your anonymousfeedback.com. You can say anything you like. Uh, we, we'd like productive, helpful uh, criticism. You know, there's nothing like constructive criticism. But we'll take any kind of input you want to give us. And you're totally anonymous. Can't be traced. Can't find you. Uh, you're you're a, a shadow. All we know is what you said. And we try to respond. And 99% of the feedback we get on anonymousfeedback.com, you're anonymousfeedback.com is, is quite helpful. And uh, as I say, it's become our number one source of, of input, uh, maybe second to uh, phone calls or Facebook posts. It's right up there. So here we are uh, waiting for your calls. Uh, I'm gonna go around the uh, studio here. And to my left is uh, Nancy Stewart. Uh, she's a co-founder of the show back when we were just a half an hour. And uh, something I didn't mention earlier, I should have, not only have we evolved technologically, but we've evolved in terms of equality, meaning we're now at female-male parity. We have about as many female callers as we do uh, male callers. In fact, we've also evolved to have a, a, a full-time female mystery shopper. And uh, yeah, we're, you know, I, I give credit to Nancy Stewart uh, for all of this. She started with me, as I say, 17 years ago, and thanks to her, and some special incentives and focus that she brings to the show. We're now doing what we should have done a long time ago, making an equal show for men and women, and why not the women buy half the cars, uh, women service half the cars. What were we thinking 17 years ago when it was like an old boys club and just the guys called in? So Mrs. The Sunrise, Nancy Stewart. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, like Earl said, uh, things have changed a little bit, and. Uh, well, it's been a slow pace, but uh, we're getting there, ladies. And uh, I need you uh, to help me build this platform. Uh, it's gonna take a while, but our voices must be heard. So uh, we offer you $50 to the first two new lady callers. 
and uh, take advantage of that and give us a call. Win yourself $50 this morning and uh, does it matter? You have something to say? Say it. We'll listen. If uh, you'd like to just say hello, that'd be fantastic too. So uh, 877-960-9960. I'm sitting here and I'm waiting and anticipating your phone call. Again, 877-960-9960. We can't mention that number enough. You're a huge part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we can't thank you enough for tuning in. And don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, Stu. Stu Stewart, my son. Uh, he is uh, general manager of my car dealership. And uh, I have to say that in total transparency and disclosure, I am a car dealer. And I always say right after that, in total transparency, this is not an infomercial. This is truly a consumer advocate show. And I promise you, no one's going to try to sell you a car. But think of it. A lot of people give you advice, and they've never done it. Well, we give you advice, and we've done it, and we do it, and we are doing it. So uh, we can tell you what the car business, or I can tell you what the car business was like in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and uh Stu is uh, came along in the 90s and uh he uh he's been with us as a, he's a general manager of the dealership as i say so he's also our our cyber space uh master and our mystery shopping uh um, what do we call you this uh, the, the spy master general spy master general exactly he runs a mystery shopping report which is a highlight of our show so still uh What's on your mind? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I came into the business right at the beginning of the, the like the real beginning of all these changes with the internet. Like when I started at the at the dealership, I think I'd been online for about four years, four or five years, and then we kind of opened it up. We started uh, started our first internet sales department, um, buying leads from Microsoft, and uh, and it just grew from there. So I've kind of seen the whole uh, the, the whole spectrum of change in the last couple of decades. So it's it's pretty cool. And amazing where the car business is now. Yeah. It doesn't even look. I mean, I know it looks absolutely nothing like when you started back in 1968, what the year I was born. Uh, but there's been a whole sea change um, in the last two decades. It's a, it's unrecognizable practically. But as our mystery shopping report reveals, there's still a lot of things that were happening in the in the 50s and 60s that are still happening here in 2020, which is just insane. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited this week because. Um, we have a big stable of mystery shop, uh, shopping agents right now. We have Agent Lightning, and this week we, we went back and we did a um, we did a mystery shop with uh, Agent Thunder, our veteran shopper. So it was always good to see his perspective on on on, on his experience. So we're, we're going to get to that about around 9:30 today. But it's a, it's a good report. Um, I want to it's like an old school report. Exactly. And we're not giving up on the uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks with Agent Lightning. Uh, she's great. Um, we just gave her a week off. Um, we've been doing with her. It's a neat tack. We've been showing using her mystery shopping reports to show the right way to go about buying a car. And we're finding out that even when you do it right, it's still really tough. Very good. Yeah. You know, Rick uh, Rick Kearney to my right here. I I have uh, everybody knows you, and I introduced you earlier about uh, you're the go-to go guy for repairing and maintenance. Um, probably the most common question I get, and partly because I recommend people don't ever buy a used car until you take it to your independent mechanic and then say, I don't, and then they tell me, well, I don't have an independent mechanic, uh, and uh, how do I find a good mechanic? So uh, I always tell them, an ASC certified, uh, just give us a, a brief description of 
what ASC certification means and what you as an ASC certified technician have to do to maintain your rating? Well, ASC is a, a nationwide organization. It's the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. And they shorten it down to just ASE. And they are a, an independent source that they create testing guidelines and auto mechanics go in every five years. You have to recertify in various different areas. Yeah, every three years? Every five years. Every five years, okay. Whether it's uh, an auto mechanic like myself where there are basically, uh, there are eight basic tests and then a couple of advanced tests. There's tests for all the way up to heavy trucks, school buses, all the different levels. So the best thing that you wanna look for is someone that is certified in at least the eight basic areas of auto mechanics. And if they have the certification for advanced, which is the L1, that's even better. Okay, so I got a problem with my air conditioner. Number one, you'd be darn sure they have the air conditioning certification. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can have a big sign up and say, hey, I'm ASE certified, but he doesn't know the first thing about air conditioners. <laughs> he can tell you a whole lot about a transmission. But you he might have been certified in brakes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not in air conditioning. And it's nationwide, so wherever you are, uh, uh, that's a starting place. I mean, you know, you don't, just because a guy's got all his ASC certifications and the L1, that's the top of the line, yep. uh, that doesn't mean that uh, uh, he's got it, got it all together. You want to check, he's got all the certifications. How long has he worked at this uh, service department? Uh, how, how long has he been in the business? And, and how long has he been certified for? Yeah. Because he may have only passed that test last Yester week. Yesterday, right. Versus... <laughs> He may have been in the business. You may have another guy that's been in the business for 35 years yeah. and knows the systems inside and out. You know, every time I get on an airplane, I keep thinking, you know, one, one day that pilot sat in that left seat for the first time. Absolutely. And I, I wonder how many times I've been on a plane where the guy got on the plane and he says, boy, I'm really scared. <laughs> uh, Rick, can you answer this question for me? Uh, uh, back to uh, you know, looking for a mechanic, a good mechanic, and I'm sh I'm I'm sure the need is still there, uh, and, and and the need also uh, just takes you to uh, the spectrum uh, of uh, not only your where you live, but maybe somewhere else to get that good mechanic. How long does it take? For you to be, for you to have become certified in ASE certification. Well, for a mechanic to be certified, he has to have at least two years' experience in the field as a mechanic, and then pass the ASE test. Um, and for finding a good mechanic, as silly as this sounds, I would pick what your favorite type of car is. Say you like the uh, the Ford Mustang. Go on the internet and look for Ford Mustang forums. Find the section where it's the guys in your neighborhood, the people in your neighborhood, your, your, say South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, and go on and ask them, hey, who are the top mechanics in this area that you know of? These are people that love their cars yeah. so much that the, the cars are their children. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not going to take that car to just anybody. They're going to know yeah. who is the absolute best mechanic, and they're going to know who to recommend and who yeah. to send you to, yeah. so you can always find a great mechanic that yeah. way. Great yeah. information. Reminds me of another thought that I have. 
uh, my joke. I, you probably heard it six times to the regulars, but I, I'm going to tell it anyway because I laugh at myself. What do they call a doctor who graduated last in his class? Stu? Doctor. A doctor. Absolutely. <laughs> After so, uh, You know, mechanic is a mechanic is a mechanic. So uh, you, you got great ones and you got terrible ones. And even ASE certified, uh, you know, so exactly. You talk to a guy that is on the uh, uh, Honda Civic Forum and he loves Hondas and he's an expert on Hondas and he tells you a mechanic is really good. He's really good. So great, it's, great advice. It's kind of like the Consumer Reports way of doing yeah. things because they've got no dog in that fight. Exactly. They're going to recommend who they think really is best yeah. for an independent viewpoint. Yeah, nothing like word of mouth uh, that uh, travels real fast. Uh, we're going to go to our first time caller and uh, that is Flossie in Atlanta. Good morning, Flossie. Um, good morning, Nancy. I'm calling from Atlanta, not Atlanta, um, just south of you, and I'm a first-time caller, and All I'm right. so glad to have a, you answer this question, because I've had a lot of um, anxiety about it. Um, first of all, I had a small little Lexus for years, and I loved it. The only reason I got rid of it is because I didn't have Bluetooth or a navigation system. And the, and the thing, it didn't even have 50,000 miles on it, and it was a 98, and I sold it in 2013. So I got, in 2013, I got a beautiful Avalon four-door sedan, and I love it. However, I want to upgrade the navigation system and the um, contacts in my phones that aren't all in there. Is there any way to, to upgrade instead of buying a new car? <laughs> uh, what year is your car? It's 2013. Oh, you, okay, you did say that. Okay. Are there any headsets, Rick, that you can buy aftermarket that works with? Because I think there was an Apple CarPlay before the manufacturer started adding Apple CarPlay to the vehicles, you, like Pioneer, I think, had a, a, a headset that fit into your, the area where your radio was in your, in your car? Absolutely, because that's what I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm driving a 2013 Tacoma, mm -hmm. and it, the, it actually makes so much better sense if, you, if your car is a young car, low miles, and it's in great shape, and you're happy with it, I would recommend I go over to like Best Buy or some other good stereo shop oh, yeah. and look at some of the different radio replacements and for less than $1,000 they can set up a brand new 2021 technology because mm -hmm. the 21 technology is what's coming out now that will give you the top of the line navigation So cool! and it'll all work through your phone with the CarPlay or if you have an Android phone. It works through the Android car Rick, system. Would you better to stick with a uh, outside navigation or an installed in the dash navigation? Is that? I would stick with the one that's in your, your phone, phone, simply mm -hmm. because your yes. phone is constantly being updated. Yeah. And the other nice part is like the Apple Maps that I have because I use an Apple phone, and the maps on my phone when I'm running the navigation on the screen of my pickup, it shows me where traffic tie-ups are. Mm -hmm. which an in-dash located uh, navigation system cannot do that yeah. because it's not getting the real-time information. And at Best Buy, yeah. they have the Geek Squad, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, they'll install it for you, Flossie. You can uh, 
You can find it. They can explain it to you. They can look at your car. Uh, Best Buy, I think, is a perfect place. Yeah. And then they really know what they're doing. I've used the Geek Squad, and uh, it, they're, they're technically savvy guys. Most stores, you walk in and try to buy electronics. The guy can sell it to you, but they don't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Different, different story at Best yeah. Buy. And if you don't have an iPhone, um, uh, they also have sets for the Android Auto. Um, Absolutely. So if you have a different Android phone, it works too. And, and, and it works Let me ask you this. If, if they're going to put it in my car, the Geek Squad, are they going to ruin my dashboard? Is it going to be sticking out? Or, absolutely uh, you know, not. My car is absolutely gorgeous. No, because there, there are special kits that are available that they have. That most of them, they keep them in stock to where when they install it, it looks almost better than the factory version. And as a matter of fact, they even have special adapters so that your steering wheel controls for the volume and all that. Mm -hmm. Not only will they still work the same way, but there will be added functionality, like if you press and hold the one mode button on mine right now, it'll activate Siri and let me have full voice communication with Siri without ever taking my hands off the wheel. So and, cool. uh, uh, Flossie, there's a, you've got so many options, and uh, that'll allow you to hang on to your 2013 uh, Avalon. Yeah. I drive an Avalon. I it's a fantastic car. I recommend uh, Consumer Reports. Start there and take a look. And uh, the guys have really given you some, uh, well, free, great information. Great. Yeah, I thought I'd have to go to a dealership to get, all that, get that done. No. 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 We overcharge. Yeah. Yeah. No, car, car dealers will sell it to you and they'll install it. I just, I'm just being honest with you that, that yeah. uh, that's, we, what my, that's what Tony said. Yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd be afraid. Yeah. Take all this free information and uh, utilize it to the best uh, uh, of your uh, interest in everything that you want. And, uh, Flossie, you won yourself $50. And I thank you for calling. And uh, you have a wonderful day. Thank you for the great information. You're quite mm -hmm. welcome. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have a fantastic mystery shopping report coming up, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, well, a whole lot of free information. Where can you go for that? Where? Free information. 877 960-9960. I see I got your attention there, Mr. Recovering Car Dealer. Were you going to say something to me? I was just going to say I thought that was a perfect call. Uh, not only was it a first-time female caller, uh, she asked a very intelligent uh, question that about 100,000 people had in the back of their heads, and, uh, and Rick was able to give a very good answer. Yeah. And uh, we uh, also uh, just... Uh, I think we saved her probably a lot of pain and aggravation and money, and I feel yeah. good when we do something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, she uh, was on seriously considering getting another vehicle. Yeah, that's yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, and some a lot of people are getting upgrades to vehicles. There, and there, the, the nice thing about that question, there are certain things you can have installed aftermarket very efficiently, effectively, and this is one of them. That makes your car a whole lot newer. Exactly. Leather. And, and there are other things you can't. I mean, there are things that yeah. uh, that that are built in and designed in a car that you would be foolish to try to match. Yeah. And so you have to know what you can do.
do after market and what you can't do after market. If you can do it after market and you can do it uh, well with quality, you save yourself a ton of money. Car dealers do charge you a lot of money for that, and they get they charge all they can get away with. Yeah, Best a, Buy doesn't do that. That's a good point that yeah. there are some things you can do and some that you simply just can't because you really mess up your vehicle. Okay, we got any text coming in or uh, anonymous feedbacks? Or? We, we have a whole, whole bank of them ready to go for the whole show. Let's do it. Start with anonymous feedback. It's for Rick. Rick, it's starting to get a little cooler up here in Maryland. Hey, I was just in Maryland a couple of days ago. In preparation for the winter is swapping the battery poles around all I need to do to convert from AC to heat. It gets so cold here, and my fingers are like popsicles clinging onto the <laughs> steering wheel. Now, you, I don't know if you can see Rick now. I don't, Jonathan might switch the camera. Rick is hanging his head down and shaking it. I have a feeling the answer is no. He's crying. Rick, are you okay? It's all Sorry, right. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they tried for the old joke there. Uh, folks, um, don't do that. Do not switch the battery terminals around on your car. It'll cost you thousands of dollars in destroyed computers. Well, I, I never heard that one. Is that, is that a, is that's an old wives' tale? It's it's a new joke that's been popping up. Oh, it's a joke. Oh, okay. Your air conditioning, you want to reverse it to uh, heat. Yeah, yeah. So you take the positive terminal <laughs> and negative terminal and swap them. Uh, yeah, okay. You gotta be careful. Yeah, uh, that stuff. People believe that stuff. There, there is a very real portion of the population that does not understand cars well enough, especially our young millennials nowadays, yeah. that just don't have that knowledge about auto mechanics. And there are some that will believe that and they'll mm -hmm. try it. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it's very easy to convince people nowadays that they need to swap out the summer air for the winter air in their tires. <laughs> okay, let's move along here. Well, uh, a real quick joke, when we first started, um, I first started in the car business, that uh, was a, a trick to play on a brand new salesperson. You'd have them go out there and check the headlight pressure of the used cars, and they'd go out there and you'd see them pushing on the headlights. I'm not kidding. Anyway, that was mean. All right, another text. This is from, uh, is from Linda. Uh, Linda says, good news from, uh, for Palm Beach Gardens. Costco gas station is now open. Yeah. And she tried it, and real savings is $1.89 a gallon for regular. So that's wow. pretty good. Yeah. Definitely yeah. worth the ride. Yeah, we went by. Nancy <laughs> and I went by the other day. We got so excited, but that is really cool. That's on North Lake Boulevard in uh, North Palm Lake Park area. Yeah. Costco gas station. Boy, do you save the bucks. I, our dealership, I, I, I'd love to be able to buy gas. It's a little far to run back and forth and back and forth can we use thousands of gallons but we we could save money and we buy it uh, with a big discount so yeah. and costco's cheaper than that so great not, not bad at all thanks linda um okay this is another one from for for rick it's from joe uh just as rick i have a 2011 infinity g37 convertible the low tire pressure warning came on and it's a large pop-up which blocks the outside temperature it's very annoying, and I know there's a way to turn it off. Do you happen to know how it's done? I am back in Ohio, and sometimes I miss your show, um, so could you text me an answer? So we'll answer it on the air, and then we'll, I'll text uh, whatever um, your response is. And maybe you might need to research it, because I know that you don't work on right a lot of Right off the bat, my first thought is, being in Ohio, you've probably hit some low temperatures. Bump your tire pressures up by about six pounds each tire, and I think you'll see that light go off. Okay. What Good happens, idea. folks, is when, he, when it gets cold, air pressure actually goes down, you know, temperature and pressure, so physics. Yep. And so when those pressures go down in the tires because they've been sitting in that cold air overnight, 
it triggers that light to come on first thing in the morning. So just for the winter time, add a couple extra pounds of air in your tires and you'll be fine. And believe it or not, most people are driving around on tires that are about 10 to 15% underinflated anyways. Yeah. So you should always check your tire pressures at least once every two weeks, if not more. Yeah, I always have the, you know, again, I, I overthink things, but I, I, I keep the, uh, when I'm inflating a tire, which is very rare, but when someone inflates a tire for me, uh, yes. I, guess, I, I mean, it would be a terrible <laughs> thing if that tire blew up. <laughs> what would happen? It loud. It scared the, it scared the crap out of you. What would happen if you were, if, if someone just said, let's try to blow this thing up, and they put on an armor suit, and they stuck that thing on there, could you explode a tire if you just kept on putting the pressure in, or would the pressure stop because it reached a certain point where it couldn't make it anymore? Hold on. This is the way I'd handle it. <laughs> a bomb. It, it would? It would indeed explode. Who would do uh, that? Folks, do not try this at home. But there are videos oh, on yeah. YouTube yeah. that you can see yeah. where people have overinflated tires. Yeah. Sometimes it's simply a defective tire that once it hit its normal operating pressure, it blew out. But a lot of tractor truck tires are meant to run at 90 to 100 PSI and more. Uh -huh. And in some cases, there have been tractor truck tires that are damaged. And when it's at 100 PSI and that thing blows up, uh. You see somebody flying across the room. See, it's love, a I, very that's bad reason, thing. That's the reason I love Rick so much is because he can answer my dumb questions as well <laughs> as the intelligent questions, and nobody else would have thought about that. But now I got to follow up. I'm so excited because he told me something mm -hmm. I never knew. If, if I have a tire that's rated for uh, on the high end, in other words, it's the uh, it's the tire manufacturer's rating, 50 psi, 50 mm -hmm. pounds per square inch. Very common nowadays. If if I did what I just said earlier, and I'm going to keep on pushing that in, at what about, about what pressure would that tire explode? I know it would go to 60, 70. If that tire was in perfect condition, probably somewhere around 120 to 150 psi, hmm. that tire would rupture, and you would get your little harp and halo because yeah. I doubt very much I, I wouldn't survive even with a bomb suit on <laughs> the average person the impact of it would be enough no, I, that I, it'd be horrible if any other anybody else here did this on the show I'd get mad at him but I, I I've lost control <laughs> I gotta I gotta follow that up with one more question uh, if if you're pumping it with a gas station pump mm -hmm. isn't there some sort of a valve in the pump that won't let you do a hundred pounds or I mean why there's no tire in the world that has to have over a hundred pounds is there? right so why wouldn't it just stop pumping and just not do it why don't they put a safety well most most of the the air fills that you will use that are available to the general public uh -huh. will only go up to about 75 to 80 pounds okay good and the reason they'll go that high is so that you can fill a donut spare uh -huh. that has to be at 60 pounds yeah. however <laughs> such as in our dealership where we're using heavy air tools and uh -huh. a lot of them uh -huh. there we actually have a running pressure of around 150 oh, is okay. our maximum wow so there is okay. a potential to, yeah that if yeah. Uh, one of our guys yeah. wasn't paying attention yeah and when you're done with those videos watch the ones the guys um sitting on top of airbag um, um inflators yeah oh those are okay let's get back come back to earth the, here and yeah, go to, let's, go to some let's, questions. Let's, let's let's have an intelligent question perfect 
Intelligent question from Anne-Marie. Ah. Good morning. Um, a recent Jalopnik article suggests a tactic on how to deal with finance managers trying to give a customer the hard sell on additional options and warranties. The article suggests saying, no thanks, I'm not interested. If the finance manager pers persists, the article suggests the following tactic. Just say something like, I'm sorry to interrupt, interrupt, but I am only interested in buying the car and not any other products. If you can move through the paperwork quickly and get me out of here, I will give you a good score on your survey. One, how effective do you think this tactic can be? Two, how important is that survey that the manufacturer send out after a customer buys a vehicle? Thank you. That's from Anne Marie. Uh, before we answer that question, uh, I want to emphasize Jalopnik, J-A-L-O-P-N-I-K, mm -hmm. is that correct? And that's one of the most uh, useful sites on auto information in general. Anne-Marie quotes it a lot, and it is excellent. It's, uh, I guess, relatively new. I mean... I think it's been around a little while. Has it? Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard... I think Anne-Marie, the first time that I was aware of it, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at the, the answer. Uh, I don't think it'll work. Uh, I think in today's uh, climate of the way we uh, buy cars and the mindset of the t average car salesperson, uh, he'll have an answer for that. And uh, you know, there, there are a lot of things that are installed on cars, pre-installed, and you'll get an answer like, I'm sorry, all of our cars have nitrogen in the tires. And uh, then you get into a back and forth, and you would say, I know Anne Marie would say, well, if you don't have any cars here without nitrogen in the tires, can you get me a car from another dealer that doesn't have nitrogen? Or, or can you take the nitrogen out and just put air in? I mean, not, but you're playing their game. Yeah. So uh, if, you, if you've got a dealership that's trying to slip in uh, pre-installed accessories, uh, they're going to give you an argument. It, it, it's not a bad line. Yeah. Uh, that you would. Uh, I think it depends on the dealership. You yeah. know, like it's pretty much any dealership, even the good ones are going to try and sell you a warranty or something. Yeah. Um, a good dealership, they might you might not even have to threaten the survey. Say, hey, can we just yeah. do the pay? I'm not the buying survey, The survey doesn't really. No. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not. It worries worries people a little bit, but not that much anymore. Yeah, and but I think if you're at a, a typical or a high pressure dealership, they're going to get in trouble if they don't keep pushing. They're going to tell you, "I'm required to present everything. I can't stop. I'm going to keep going," and um, it still might be a you know uncomfortable situation. Okay, folks, if you didn't write that number down, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, put your thoughts uh, to the uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Remain anonymous. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your opinion. So we have a text here. This is from Andreas. And Andreas texts us uh, all the time. He says, good morning, Earl. Uh, this is Andreas. You mentioned that you might consider a Tesla again. He, I'd like to suggest another cool car for the recovering car dealer. It's the Karma Rivero, and I don't know if Jonathan can get it up on the on the feed. I um, have a, he sent a picture of it, and it's a hybrid, and it is a pretty cool looking car. Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll jump in. I'm gonna say the Earl probably wouldn't want to get that if he's gonna go electric. He's going all electric. You're, yeah. you're you're beyond hybrids at this point. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tesla yeah. is just sounding better and better and better, and uh, I'm probably gonna buy a Tesla. I mean, I said. You know, we almost did. You regulars to the show heard Nancy and I went out there and came this close to buying one, and uh, and uh, they're they're better than ever. Mm -hmm. And 
of their player. And yeah. This uh, this uh, weekend, I, well, this weekend, uh, yesterday I was chanting, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Yeah. We got to get a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we are going to go to John. Uh, John's calling us from Palm City. You Morning, must have John. read my mind. The governor of California just issued legislature banning all gasoline cars, new cars, in 2035. Yes. Then it gets worse. Uber also made an announcement by 2030, all their Uber cars in U.S., Canada, and Europe will be zero emission, meaning either electric or hybrid, in 2030. Now, I make a statement about it. I want to see if you agree with me. I don't think that you don't create new technology by banning existing technology. I want to see if anybody agrees with that. I'll uh, ask Earl. Uh, I, 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 I kind of agree with that, John. I will say this, though. Uh, uh, I used to feel that way uh, really strongly, and I thought California uh, was a bunch of flakes and nuts. Is that the joke uh, in uh, California? But I tell you what, they've led the way in a lot of things, and uh, they, I think because it's such a big state and, uh, uh, and, and they, they got away with it, the manufacturers followed them. And uh, they, the manufacturers, when California makes a new emissions rule, all the, a lot of the manufacturers say it's crazy, you can't do that, it costs more money, you have to build a special car for California, and they do build a special car for California. But the whole country follows and all the manufacturers. So, whether we like it or not, California has been a leader in what we see today with electric vehicles. Yeah. I would say, John, I think if this if, if this was in effect now, I think that would be really, really problematic. Could you imagine somebody said we couldn't sell a single uh, new Toyota? That would, that would be a problem. In 2035, I think we'll, we'll be pleasantly surprised. I think it probably be the, the, the main form. I think 15 years from now, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be the dominant um, powertrain. Yeah. Well, the scariest part about it is they may start picking on gasoline and raise the gasoline prices so much that people that have the used car with gasoline engines are going to pay through the nose, and they'll think that they'll ban those cars off the road. That's really scary because they might just be picking on gasoline after that date, forcing people to get an electric car, and some people keep their car 10, 15 years, and... They will just be so high to buy the gas. I would imagine that the gas prices would, would naturally go up as the demand goes down. As, as 90% of the people have electric cars, you know, the remaining 10%, you know, you know, the, the oil companies are going to have to raise the prices. It's simple economics. Yeah, Rick, you had a point. Well, it just goes to show that there are still horses and horse and buggies that get around various places. So, I mean, it's it's a changing economy. It's a changing world. How about the price of oats? Is that going up? It is. I guarantee you, it's a lot more expensive no. to own a horse nowadays <laughs> than it comparatively was 150 years ago, even even considering sure. inflation. Well, I got another topic. It's very pleasant. I had the experience of going to a tag agency to renew my plates in mm -hmm. Martin County. Mm -hmm. Very very great experience. Uh, they maybe it's open now as of Friday fully, but they only allowed two at the time, mm -hmm. and they were very very nice. They check you, and they have to make sure you're a Mon County resident mm -hmm. because that motor vehicle is so uh, you know small, and people were coming in the past of other counties. So I think that was a good rule. Everything went smooth, and uh, I saw they issued a brand new plate now 
in Florida that you can buy as an option is a PBA new plate, and right on it it has it's like a black plate support Florida law enforcement, which I think is a great plate. I'm not much for vanity plates, but if anybody's interested in it, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then there's some of the proceeds from that extra plate go to the PBA. And then I met, there was only two people allowed in there. The guy moved from the state of New York, so glad to get away, told me a story that's true. The governor of New York purchased hundreds of thousands of brand new plates in May to change the uh, symbol on it called Excelsior, okay? They were delivered to the motor vehicles, and they found out they cannot be used. What happens is they don't photograph on cameras. They're hmm. void. Oh. So they're completely useless. You talk about a governor wasting money completely, why it wasn't experimented when they had one or two, and it will not read the reader on it from red light cameras and turnpikes and everything, so they're completely useless. Oh, but here's what the gentleman told me. He was so pleased the way it went smooth. He wasn't doing it now. He, but when he came down uh, to change from over from New York with a choice of, um, in God we trust, his county could get Martin County on it, or he could get the third one is uh, the, <clears throat> to, I'm trying to, uh, just to have uh, Sunshine State. Mm-hmm. So and then then it goes further. There was somebody in there every ten years in Florida. They require you to uh, change the plate at no charge. In other words, it'll be a new number unless you have a special uh, plate. And in New York, the governor a year ago wanted to make a twenty-five dollar extra fee because they have a rule ten years too to change the plate. And the people objected so bad that he ch- he knocked that off. I mean, it was a, a, almost a riot, charging extra. You're forcing me to make a new plate, and then you charge me 25. But Florida does it every 10 years, and there's no additional charge to change the plate. You know, in other words, with the sun in Florida, it fades, and it's not readable. So That's uh, why everybody's going to Florida, John. Our laws are good compared yeah. to, especially to some of the other states. Come on down. Come on down to Florida. Yes. Well, uh, some of the figures I heard, and uh, a moving agent told me it used to be a thousand a day. Now it is up to two thousand people per day wow. that are coming into the state of Florida. Wow! Hmm. So okay. well, be sure it's you the tell place about, to live. Be sure you tell them about Earl Short on cars, and we need as many listeners as we can get. Well, it's going to help dealers, that's for sure. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. You know, you know, John. You. John okay. Have a good day. John liked the rule that they excluded all everybody except for Martin County residents from the DMV up there. I'm not a fan of that rule because that was the one place you can go, you go up to Stewart or Hope Sound and get a uh, like a replacement, take care of your DMV business, that you weren't in line for two hours. But now I can't go up there. Now I'm forced to go to Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah. I'm very unhappy. Well, that's only temporary from yeah. what they said. Yeah, the just, reason it's temporary is because of the coronavirus sure. and only letting two people in at a oh, time. Yeah. No, I and know they that. don't want to have a wait outside. Yeah, I a know. A long wait. Palm Beach County doesn't seem to care about that. I showed up at the DMV in Palm Beach Gardens, and there was a line wrapped around the building. I'm like, I'm out of here. So, yeah. But anyway, thanks, John. Okay. Okay, let's move along. Uh, let's give out those contact numbers again, Nancy. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, give us a 
Call at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're all here to answer your questions, and uh, we do definitely enjoy your company. Now back to Stu. Sure. Before I get to the next anonymous feedback, I do I need to fact check, check John. Um, I did Google the license plate uh, imbroglio <laughs> that he mentioned. There's a lot of news about the new license plate, and there was controversy. Um, people didn't like to be forced to change their plates, but I couldn't find anything referencing that they couldn't be photographed. And there's a lot of news articles on it. So um, just just check in. Uh, I'll keep looking. Yeah. Okay. Incognito. Someone, please tell Earl to secure his mask over his ears or get another mask. Looking at him online constantly adjusting his mask during the show is annoying. You have something to report. Well, see, I, we listen to these things. Yeah. And I, I do realize I was fiddling with my mask. It was distracting. So I tried something different. I'm going to spin around in my chair. And if you're Googling, if I don't hang myself with the mic wire. And I'll, des- I'll, I'll describe it as for the, our terrestrial radio can, people. Can you see? He's got a strap that goes it's over. A, it's and a strap. I have a special strap. Right on the crown and, of your and, head. and it goes right here around the top of my head. See, my problem is I have hearing aids and, uh, and of course, glasses, and it's not easy. And trust me, everybody in the studio knows how I fiddle. But so far, it's been pretty good. And I don't think I've uh, uh, been rubbing my nose or pulling my mask up yeah. as much as I did before. Thank you very much, Mr. Anonymous. You're right, and you helped me. Mm-hmm. And keep those anonymous feedbacks coming. Yeah, That's right. definitely. Okay, we're going to go to Al, who's holding, and he calls us from Orlando. Good morning, Al. Yeah, how's it going? Great. I've got a question, uh, girl. Uh, well, anybody actually. My uh, sister just bought a new Prius up in this area, mm-hmm. and when she got home, I she called me and I went over and looked at it and everything. And the first thing I looked at was uh, in the trunk. I was looking, you know, what how the space was and everything. And then I noticed that there was no spare tire. Mm-hmm. Now these patch kits that they put in there. Is that any problem when you call a road service and they come out? Are those, all, all road services familiar with these things now? Rick uh, has answered that, and he's got some. He's got an answer. He's also got a warning about what you should not do, and what you what you should do, but what you should not do, because of the fact that there's no spare. Many many cars today are eliminating a spare. It's a, a weight consideration, a space consideration. Right, it's just right. the way I heard it is. you last week on that. Yeah. Uh, I've got a follow-up question after that, but go yeah. ahead. Rick? Yeah, my recommendation is use just the air compressor to refill the tire, and if it will hold air long enough to get somewhere to have the tire repaired, do that first. Because otherwise, yeah. if you use the chemical additives, not only are you going to have to replace the tire, but you may likely also have to replace the sensor inside the wheel as well big yeah, money well, uh, oh, oh, my, my daughter i mean my sister is not going to do that she's going to immediately call road service so right. my question is are all these road service people familiar with this uh, patch kit yes uh, but they they should okay. have a compressor on their truck anyways and just ask them to please refill the tire to let you know is it safe enough to get to a service plaza to have the tire repaired. Right. Okay. And, and I, I'll, I, assume, uh, I assume if the tire is not uh, inflatable, that they they got to tow it, I guess. Or right. It, at that point, it would have to be towed. Al, on the roadside yeah, okay. assistance, just one uh, editorial comment. 
a lot of car dealers uh, sell you this uh, when you buy your car and some of these roadside assistance programs are not worth the paper they're written on and uh, they have uh, you know uh, telephone numbers that are you know, don't answer and if they do answer they say they'll be there in an hour and they're there in four hours uh, AAA roadside assistance an annual membership in AAA is what we recommend for anybody well, that wants roadside yeah. assistance with a, with a new car, though, she would be calling uh, a Toyota to, you know, come out. And well, I, I, uh, we've, had, we've had complaints on Toyota's roadside assistance. And, uh, oh, okay. and unfortunately, uh, you know, we've, they've gone unanswered. I'm not saying in all cases, but we in the past have checked for the roadside assistance. Uh, and it's just not as quality. I mean, uh, AAA, you hear, rarely hear a complaint. They're very, very... Um, strict of their standards about who they sign up to be a member, you know, for the roadside assistance. So, um, okay, okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. I, yeah, hold on. I got another question. Oh, great. Yeah, on uh, the last two times I've uh, leased a car, and I've always used a one-pay lease, mm -hmm. and it seems like the last two times I've had the same problem. They, they when I start telling them I want a one-pay lease, they look at me like I'm talking in a foreign language or something. Well, it's unusual. I mean, uh, if you feel good about it and you're comfortable doing that, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, there's some risk I, there. I, hmm? There's some risk there. Yeah. 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 Your risk is it's just like if you're if you made all your lease payments in advance. Uh, once you have made paid that one-pay lease, what if you can't drive the car? I mean. Uh, uh, you're you're stuck with a car that uh, you know you're you're not going to get any money back if you if you bought the car. It's just the same lease. It, the risk you get when you lease a car versus buy a car. Uh, the other, my other thought on one pay leases, Al, is that is that um, you know a lot of people don't invest in stocks and, and bonds. Uh, in fact, bonds aren't going to give you much of a return either. But you can borrow money uh, for very little. Uh, for the one pay lease. On the other hand, if you took that money and invested it, you'd make more money. But I, I hear you, and I think uh, there's nothing wrong with a one pay lease other than the obvious, which is uh, older people, when they lease a car, uh, they have to risk the fact that one day the doctor's going to say, uh, you shouldn't be driving that car anymore. And then uh, you're stuck. You don't get any money back. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, well, I was just wondering if you had any problems down there with. Uh, People that want to pay a one-pay lease. Uh, seems like up here, the last two times I've uh, they, they screw up the paperwork. I have to come back in and sign new paperwork because they don't put the numbers in right. Oh boy! I mean, it's not it's not that complicated about a lease in, in my estimation, but yeah. for some reason, uh, when you say a one-pay lease, they kind of you know. They probably don't uh, do I, one every three months. It's unusual, and uh, I hear you. I uh, yeah. I probably do it myself. I, I just, uh, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The, the reason I'm doing it because you know I like to save on the interest and I've got the money to put out there, yeah, so well, it's yeah. not a it's I, not a burden on me. I got you. Uh, you're okay. Thank you. Thanks very thanks, much. Thanks. Enjoy enjoy your program. Thank right. you, Al. All right. Bye bye. Give us a call. 877-960-9960. We'd love to hear from you. I believe we are going to go to Rick. He's got a YouTube to share with us. We do. Nuke Norway is asking. <laughs> I love the names on YouTube. It's awesome. Uh, 
I know Earl has probably been asked this thousands of times, but when going into a dealership and making an offer on a used car, how much less than the sticker price should you offer to negotiate, to begin your negotiations? Well, you, uh, you're, you're playing the, the dealer's game at that point, and uh, every dealer marks his cars up differently, uh, and based on the car, sometimes uh, some are marked up higher and lower uh, oh, over the, time. You know, the age of the, of the car on the lot has to do with it. Uh, uh, we, we recommend that you just don't negotiate on the used car, that what you do is you go on AutoTrader, autotrader.com, probably the single best source for inventories, availability, selections of used cars. You can sort by price, keeping in mind that there will be hidden fees. But you start out that, that way. You, you, you can sort by the car you want and the price you want to pay and the zip code that you want to buy it. And how good is that? I mean, you start there. And then you have some idea. And you're doing all this online. And then you, then you, you go online and you say, now, I found the car that I want, mileage, equipment, year, make, model, and that's your price. Please give me the out-the-door price. And that's got to include all your hidden fees and all your dealer-installed accessories. I want to be able to write a, ch a check out for that and bring it to you. And you do all this again online. Then you go in. You know, it, to go in there and start haggling and hassling in person means you're going to have to go to probably two or three or four more yeah. stores. You're going to wear yourself out. Yeah, and they say, like, used cars are unique. But I, I would probably guess 90% of the used cars bought and sold are fairly common. I mean, I can tell yeah. you at our dealership, we sell more used Camrys than anything. And yeah. they are a dime a dozen, and there are so many to choose from. You can actually do that. The dealer will say, well, you're never going to find another one like this. And in some cases, that's true, something with extraordinarily low miles. Yeah. But most, uh, you know, uh, if you take a 2017 Camry with average miles, you're going to find a million of and them. And you can sort um, by mileage yeah. on AutoTrader, too. So you, you, you can, sp the, the more pi the, the pickier you are, the higher the price is going to be. Yeah. And that's true of a new car, a used car. Uh, my, adv my advice when you buy a used car, be flexible. Uh, f three, four, five colors acceptable to you. Uh, a mileage range, or not a, you know, don't be too greedy about the mileage. You know, sometimes a car with 100,000 miles is a, a much better car than one with 25,000 miles. So, you know, uh, be flexible. The older, the later model cars today, 100,000 miles is nothing to worry about if it was cared for and maintained. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, uh, don't play the dealer's game. You write the rules, you stay in control, and you offer a price, and if they won't accept it, you go to another dealer. Yeah, there's so many choices. I mean, uh, the uh, consumer has, uh, you know, a lot of options. Gather that knowledge. Uh, you, you, uh, you're, you're in the driver's seat, definitely. So uh, negotiating, this is supposed to be a great experience. So follow, follow those rules, and I uh, think you'll have a great experience. Okay. Uh, we can uh, jump over some more text. Um, this is from Bob and Stewart. Uh, Bob wants to know uh, what we know about a Michigan company building the Rivian that has a 400-mile range. And also, where is Toyota in producing an all-electric vehicle for the public? What I know about Rivian is the truck company, isn't it? That's the, to compete with Tesla. It's an all, I think they yeah, just the make trucks. Yeah, the one that's uh, being indicted or something. They, got, or, they faked a video? Or did, yeah, there's, uh, there's some controversy. Uh, lawsuits involved. Yeah, they... They took a, a truck, uh, electric truck, all electric truck, and pushed it up to the top of the hill, 
and made it roll down the hill and videoed it and made a commercial hmm. about how quiet it was and right. how powerful Did it the, was. Didn't the CEO and there was no, resign? And there, and there was no motor. It was just coasting. And they got exposed. They ran out the CEO? Did he quit? or uh, He quit, yeah. The CEO yeah. quit. Uh, General Motors was embarrassed. Uh, Mary Barra, the CEO of uh, oh. General Motors, is embarrassed. And they're talking about yeah. backing out of the deal. Rick? Actually, uh, the Rivian is not the one you're thinking of. Oh, okay. I just pulled it up on Car and Driver, and it's talking about an all-electric pickup truck with a range of 400 miles. Oh. Um, the revealed vehicle is not a concept vehicle. It says this was the production vehicle they're looking to build. Uh, crew cab only, so it's a four-door cab pickup. And rather futuristic looking and uh, rather interesting. Um, what was the, other, what was the one that yeah. we made the mistake about? I, I don't know. I'm going to look that up now. Yeah, so I, I it's okay. it's well, very similar name. Well, she was oh, looking. Was it Nicola? Go on sale. Yeah, yeah. Was it Nicola? Nicola. Yeah, yeah, the Nicola was the one. Yeah. Okay, while well, you guys are looking that up and getting the information, let's go to Del Rey. Arthur's been uh, holding. Good morning, Arthur. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I have a uh, 2013 uh, Toyota Avalon, and I had new uh, tires put in the automobile. Uh, when they put the tires on, they replaced the stem. Now, does that stem screw into the sensor that's inside the tire? Uh, no, they should have reused the original sensors because there's nothing to replace on it. If they charged you for valve stems, then I'd be going back saying, hey, how can you put valve stems in a car with tire sensors? That's uh, Somebody ripped you off on that one. Or just for stupid. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, then I went back because the uh, light went on my dashboard, and he come out, and he, with a gauge, he went around to all the tires. He went to the rear tires. He says, uh, the, the, uh, the sensor was gone. I had to buy a, I went to the dealer and bought a new sensor, and he said he'd put it in for me. Um, is it, I just don't understand why, after having the new tires, all of a sudden one tire I just thought maybe that the sensor got disconnected from the stem if they screw it in. I, I I don't know. No, what probably happened is they damaged one of the sensors when they were mounting and balancing the tire. Now let me ask you this: when you when the light came on for you, did it come on and blink for about twenty yes. seconds and then go solid? Yes. Yeah, that's an indication for for that model year. That's an indication that one of the sensors had gone bad, which they probably damaged it. The problem is that for it to be installed, it's going to have to be done at the dealer because the dealer is going to have to use a special computer to reprogram it to accept that new sensor. We've got well, a, the, the tire place said they could do it if I got the sensor. Uh, they can put it in, but they can't program it. Oh my God! So I have to go back to I have to go to a dealer for them to program it. Yes. How much? How, that, much, how, much, how much that should that cost, right? Uh, we normally get about one hour's labor, so about a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars, depending upon the dealership. But remember this: they're going to need the number. There's a number on that sensor, and the dealership is going to need to know that number. Otherwise, they're going to have to break the tire down to get the number off of that sensor in order to program it in. See, each sensor has its all own right, identification. I have the sensor in my hand. I have it in a bubble pack with all of the pot numbers and everything else. Should I save that bubble pack because that has the number on it? Actually, the best thing you can do 
is take that sensor out of the package and take pictures of it with your cell phone and make sure all the numbers are nice and clear so when you go to the dealership you can say look here are the numbers off of the new sensor and they can program it in oh i see okay wow. but i would make sure that that tire shop pays for the sensor and actually tell them when you take that sensor out i want to see that sensor and it should look identical to the new one and if it's got any sort of marks or damage on it then they broke it and they should pay for the sensor and the reprogramming okay so then i should ask for the pot back when i put the new sensor in absolutely okay thank you very much you're welcome Appreciate Arthur. the information thank you. good Bye -bye. luck rick right, I'm, thanks. I'm so happy you're on this show you <laughs> answer questions oh, yeah. sensors huh. i would have had no idea i mean that's really uh it really is interesting, and uh, you just, God only knows what he would have been told if you had not explained it to him. Thank you very much. Yeah, great information. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Do you have a question? Give us a little help on some guidance on what you think we should be doing here. Uh, we're going to go to Stu. I think Stu's got some uh, oh, yeah. text I also got the second part for uh, Bob's question about um, Toyota producing an all-electric vehicle. Uh, the good news, there's good news and bad news. Uh, starting this year, um, over the next five years, Toyota's intru introducing six all-electric models. Uh, the bad news is they're all going to be introduced in China, um, where they're, I guess the government is you know, really mm. controlling the emissions there. And um, it's going to be pretty cool. Eventually, we'll see them here. They're doing a small car. Uh, they're doing like a small crossover SUV, a midsize SUV. Um, but and it's really frustrating for me because I'm such a geek. I, I want these things here now. <laughs> but uh, eventually, I'd say by the end of the decade, and maybe even sooner, um, in in the United States. By the way, that Rivian truck apparently it has three levels, uh, trim levels for the battery, which the size of the battery available on it. And the price on it is going to be somewhere starting at around seventy-two thousand for the low end, up to over eighty thousand for the high-end battery system on it. Wow! Yeah, not for most people. Interesting. No. Uh, we're going to go to Lake Park, where uh, Dave is holding. Good morning, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. How you doing? Great. Yeah, I was just uh, had a quick question. Um, seventy-seven uh, ten. And I kept promising myself I was going to drive it at least once a quarter, and I didn't. It's been like three and a half years. I was wondering what Rick might think I need to do to get it up and running again, uh, and, you know, as far as expenses and stuff. Am I looking at a new fuel pump? Or? Uh, start off right off the bat with a battery, fill up the tires, okay. oil change. Right and completely fresh fuel you're going to need to completely drain the fuel tank flush yeah. out the tank and lines and uh -huh. cross your fingers and try to start it and see what happens odds are yeah. you're going to get some use back out of it uh, but it may take a while to get enough fresh fuel to flush through and get any debris out of your fuel lines okay right and then when you say drain out or flush the gasoline tank I'm not quite sure how to go about doing that. Do I need to bring it to you guys? Or can I person do that? Or? Oh, well, this was a Chevy S10, you said? Yeah, it's a Chevy S10. It's just, yeah, it's a little bit older, of course, and I don't, I don't know if I'm throwing good money after bad kind of thing. 
I if but, if you really want to save it, I, I would find an independent mechanic. They're going to be a lot less expensive. Let them know yeah. the situation, and ask them uh -huh. right up front uh, what they're going to run you for the battery oil change and flushing the fuel system really well to try to get it running. Bear in mind, he's not going to be able to give you a price that's going to include everything because stuff is going to show up after he gets yeah. it running. But ask him for a, a, a ballpark figure to just try to get it running and uh -huh. see what they say and make a decision from there on whether it's worth yeah. it to go ahead and continue. Gotcha, yeah. Okay, uh, one last quick question. I, I gave a call about a year ago and uh, was wondering if I could just get a little walking tour of the new dealership. Is that still possible with Earl or his wife or anything? Uh, you know, you think you guys remodeled? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're open for business. Um, now, I, Earl and Nancy have been um, have been um, quarantining to a degree. They come to the radio show, so they haven't become the dealership, but you're welcome to come by and get a tour anytime you'd like. Yeah, I just wanted to see what you guys got going and everything, and who who should I speak to on that? Oh, you can, yeah, you can ask for me, Stu, um, or, or Josh. We're always there, and uh, we're happy to show you the everything we did. We worked on it for about uh, 18 months, and we're pretty proud with the final result. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I, I go by there a lot, and I was like, I gotta go in there and just check it all out, you know. You yeah. should. Yeah, last week, Stu, I appreciate your time on that. I'll, I'll I'll give a call this week. Okay? All right, great. Thanks. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Okay, let's get to some more text here. Okay, um, this one is for probably Rick. Uh, maybe maybe I'll take a swing at it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, why do why do automatic headlights not work when you want them to? Uh, for example, when it rains, the headlights don't turn on or when it's dusk, they don't turn on early enough. I leave my headlights on all the time because uh, automatic is, is useless, and I believe people can see me better during the day. So how much quicker will my headlights burn out? Um, I have xenon bulbs in my headlights. Yeah, I, I don't like automatic headlights. They, they, they're supposed to turn off at certain times to turn on, and I just don't think they're accurate enough. Mm -hmm. And myself, I personally, I run my headlights all the time while I'm driving my vehicle. It's a visibility factor that other drivers are much more able to see my vehicle when I'm coming down the road. It may shorten the life of the bulbs a little bit, but you know, for the cost of a, a bulb, what, every six or eight, 10 years? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I would consider it a whole lot safer versus the idea of being in a collision because somebody didn't see you. Yeah, absolutely. Run those headlights all the yeah. time, folks. On low beam, not high beam, yeah. keep them on low beam, but run your headlights even during the day. It improves the visibility of other cars yeah. seeing uh, you coming down the road. Exactly, you know, I drive with my, my uh, lights on. How many times have you heard, Rick? Oh, I gotta replace my lights. I've, ha I, I gotta, I've had my lights on. I gotta replace my lights. Uh, they, they're just worn out. <laughs> Modern bulbs are so much better quality the now. They, gotta they check the headlight pressure. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have to check the headlight pressure. <laughs> there you go. Um, as Amory, uh, Amory um, sent us another text. She says, we got to the moon in 10 years. Why can't we engineer no emission vehicles in 15 years? California is the, uh, the fifth biggest economy in the world. When that market speaks, companies listen. And uh, she's absolutely right about uh, California. Earl mentioned, it, um, uh, Earl mentioned earlier you know, about how they are trendsetters. Um, it's not an engineering problem. We have zero emission vehicles right now. It's a uh, it's, uh, it's a demand and a production yeah. and a, a lot of other factors. Yeah, the reason we move so slowly is simply the lobbying power of the auto manufacturers and the dealers 
and uh, nobody likes to have to spend more money on a car. And the oil uh, companies. And oil companies, exactly. So, so you fight uh, the lobbyists, and uh, now, when uh, being green is cool, it used to be, if uh, you believed in a clean planet, you were a moron, and uh, and so now people are starting to realize that Very important. that is important, and so uh, it's far less friction uh, and uh, opposition to developing electric yeah. cars. Everybody I talk to, I mean, the cool thing about electric cars is the fact that even for the gearhead that loves the zero to sixty uh, thing and the quarter mile elapsed time, mm -hmm. he ever he has his cake and eats it too. He's got a super fast, powerful car, uh, high speed. A lot of torque, and it's perfectly clean. So it's the answer to everything. Yeah, my thoughts are: I think when they get a a the, the range up a little bit higher, and the price comes down to where you're in that thirty thousand range, yeah. more people will. Because right now, realistically, you got to buy a Tesla, and I don't think you can get one less than seventy mm -hmm. uh, seventy grand, and most people can't afford that. And for the real morons out there that love these real loud cars, so they'll have something you can turn the switch nice. on, yeah. and it will make a lot of noise. I okay. mean. You can have a perfectly quiet car and make it sound terrible. You can make it sound like an old, like an old Stanley steamer. <laughs> like, twit, twit, twit. <laughs> they actually have that, by the way, on the I hybrid know. cars. Um, just a quick little little tangent. Uh, in New York, I, I almost killed a pigeon <laughs> because it didn't hear. I was in all-electric mode in this hybrid RAV4, and I'm driving. I go, is that thing going to move? It's going to move, and it didn't. I had to mm. honk the horn. The sound that this thing makes, it has like this, like, very strong it generates a sound so people can hear it coming but apparently the pigeon uh didn't recognize the sound mm. and uh, that reminded me of a funny seinfeld episode i gotta send you the video yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right we have an anonymous uh, uh feedback question for earl it says can you dealer swap for a used car at another dealer location for one of your used cars not normally uh it is not impossible uh the one company fortunately the largest used car seller in the country is carmax CarMax does that routinely. Another reason we recommend CarMax, you go into a CarMax and they get look at the computer, depending on how long you're on the wait, they literally have thousands and thousands of cars uh, to choose from. But yeah. the average dealer is not going to steal or swap with another dealer on a used yeah. car. Uh, it would be a very uh, cumbersome procedure if he did. Yeah. It'd take too long and wouldn't be worth yeah, the Technically, effort. it's possible, but it's probably never going to happen. Exactly. Unless it's a dealer with multiple locations. And exactly. they, we used to do that yeah. when we had AutoNation. Yeah. Uh, I should have mentioned AutoNation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Pinsky Auto Group, uh, Sonic Automotive, you know, the chain operations. Uh, but it would probably be less easy than it would. CarMax is a standard operating procedure. I don't know about AutoNation. It may be. You can worth a try. Yeah. Okay, this looks complicated. Anonymous feedback. Would a rocker arm under the camshaft be considered an item covered under a lifetime powertrain warranty? It is lubricated. In the Chrysler Pentastar 3.6 liter V6, they fail frequently, causing damage to the camshaft. And it also creates a ticking house, or noise maybe. Uh, s supposedly, this happens uh, to these engines which were made in a Mexican factory. I had to replace two on mine, one at 80,000 miles and one at 92,000 miles. Needless to say, I no longer own that vehicle. Rock yes, on. that's an internal component of the engine. That should be on right under that lifetime powertrain. Yeah, I've always said all the lubricated portions are covered under a powertrain warranty, but I, I, you know, I don't know all the lubricated, so yeah. thanks for confirming that, Rick. 
Okay, Earl, you got a, a, an anonymous D. You were, you were graded. <laughs> Earl, I give you a D for suggesting haggling with the buyer and playing games on the mystery shopping report of easy owned car sales. I'm trying to think, when did you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that anonymous feedback myself. It came in a little while ago, and I don't remember doing that. I, I, if I did, the shame on me. I might have had just a, a mental breakdown, but I don't want anyone to try to haggle with a, um, you know, with a car dealer, car salesperson. I, I think you've you have might have, in the past you might have mentioned like if a used car dealer claims to be one price, to try them out and see if they'll do that and to find out if they truly are sticking to their policy. But I mean, I, you weren't suggesting getting into a haggling back and forth because that's just one of yeah. our big no-nos. No, years ago when uh, I guess maybe remember the show has been on the air for 17 years, we did talk about how to haggle and how to negotiate yeah. and uh, now we're saying it evolves yeah, we evolve we don't have to do that anymore that's right all right uh anonymous feedback i have never gotten a good price from mullinex 95 percent of the time they have the highest price um, and i have purchased five ford transit connects and mullinex ford is typically higher by three thousand dollars or more now that wasn't our experience last what week did it do? was that sign less acres uh, <laughs> No, it's not less. Less would never do that. No, I, oh, it's signed not less. <laughs> I read that. You know, that's a that's a cool thing about anonymous feedback, because you don't know who sends them in. And in my opinion, I don't know this. In my opinion, that is a salesperson or manager from another Ford dealership, uh, probably someone close by. If I really want to narrow it down, I'd say Alpacker. Uh, I think an Alpacker salesman sent that in. Uh, it would be impossible for Mullinex to have the higher price 95% of the time. And if he's overpricing vehicles in competition by $3,000, Mullinex wouldn't be in business well, anymore. There's an well, important distinction to point out. A, a Pontiac Transit, that's a commercial van. So this is like a, a fleet purchase. Yeah, yeah. Um, so quite possibly they are out of their minds when it comes to their, their fleet sales. but. Um, I don't think that applies to the uh, you know Ford F-150s. And yeah, the, yeah, on fleet sales, it's even more price sensitive. And I don't think, as if you're a Ford dealer, you can be out of your mind on fleet sales because they do a lot. They all do a lot of fleet sales. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that's uh, may, maybe I'm wrong, but we recommend Mullinex Ford. Uh, we shopped them uh, uh, last week, mm -hmm. and uh, they're a good outfit to do business with. And uh, you should always compare the price. The nice thing. We found out about Mullinex last week is we got an out-the-door price. Mm -hmm. And if you get an out-the-door price, you don't have to buy from that dealer. Take it to uh, another Ford dealer, mm -hmm. which we did before we went to Mullinex, and Mullinex gave us the lowest price. And it was a good price because we compared it with TrueCar. Great tool you can use. 877-960-9960. Mm -hmm. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, help us... Uh, get to Attorney General Ashley Moody. Uh, she's out there to protect us. She's out there to uh, advertise honest car prices. And uh, we so need her help, and uh, we can't do it alone right here. So we ask you every week if you'll please uh, send her uh, a, a caller, uh, send her a letter, any way at all that you feel would be effective uh, for you to get in touch with uh, Attorney General Ashley Moody. And you can give her a call at 850-414-3300. You know, now back to Stu. You know, Nancy says that every week, and every week uh, we pass that advice along. 
and I think we should do something. This, this uh, between now and next Saturday, let's uh, mystery shop Ashley Moody, and let's call the line and see what happens. Okay. And uh, let's You can find. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you no. think she'd recognize my voice? Probably not. Why don't you try a falsetto? Okay, I'll try it. Oh, is I'll Ashley try. Moody there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move along here. Okay, uh, more anonymous feedback. I just jumped over and lost my spot. Let's see. And don't let me forget uh, to do that. <laughs> well, we have another uh, criticism on your mask wearing, but we've addressed that issue, and Earl's mask will never bother anybody ever again. Thank you. <laughs> it might bother him. It's not going to yeah. bother anybody else. Um, uh, hi, I might. This is more anonymous feedback. Uh, hi, I may have missed the answer to my question on your show. Rick, is there a warning a car gives before the water pump stops working? I have a 2009 Kia Optima with 108,000 miles, uh, original water pump and serpentine belt. I've kept up the maintenance according to the owner's manual. Uh, thank you. I love the show and keep up the great work. Thanks. Uh, oftentimes you'll hear a growling or a rumbling noise will start up from the engine. Odd noises are one of the first indicators that something bad is starting to occur. Uh, the other thing you can look for is shine a flashlight down on the front of your engine and if you see anything that's the same color as your coolant that appears to be wet or dripping, uh, get it checked by a mechanic. Okay, I didn't even know that. I just thought it was something just it just went. Why, why can't, like Anne Marie, we, we put a man on the moon in 10 years, why can't the manufacturers come out with an electronic warning when your water pump is about ready to fail? Because what usually starts to fail is the bearing, the spinning, and as that bearing starts to go, it starts getting rough, and it will start making noise. A little hard to just, for a, a, a computer sensor, to actually isolate a specific noise they get hot, it gets as hot, to whether it's that. It gets hotter, too. I mean, they could have a temperature sensor. It could increase temperature, but your coolant temperature is already cycling yeah. anywhere from about 205 degrees down to as low as 160 during normal operation use. Okay, I'm not an auto engineer, <laughs> you know, but it's I play amazing. one on TV. Uh, the uh, amount of information that Rick has shared with us this morning, uh, things that uh, we didn't even know, and... Uh, well, I'm sure everyone out there is very thankful you're here, Rick. 877-960-9960 if you have any other questions for Rick or any of us. And you can also text us if you're a little shy at 772-497-6530. Don't forget that Mystery Shopping Report is going to be coming up shortly. And by the way, I have a surprise. We have we have theme song uh, for Mystery Shopping Report. So when we introduce it, Mike is going to play our new Mystery Shopping Report theme song. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rick, do you have any comments on YouTube over there? We're clear right now. You caught up? Yeah. Okay, I'll jump back over to anonymous feedback. Secret agent, man. Well, you'll like it. Okay. You'll like it. It's good. Um, good evening. Uh, this came in during the evening last night. Uh, what is the difference between a refresh and a redesign? Is there a specific time this is done? I'm thinking about buying a new Highlander in about two or three years, but not sure if it will be a refresh, uh, redesign, um, will be coming next year. And keep up the great job on the show. And I, I can address that. I'll start with the Highlander. The Highlander was just completely redesigned in 2020, so it's in the, the 2021s are about to come out. Um, a, a redesign is where they actually change the body, sometimes the uh, powertrain, um, lots of uh, you know features, safety features, um, interior, all over the whole car. Um, a refresh 
keeps everything about the same, but there's minor changes. Like they might change uh, the configuration on the dashboard or, or trim pieces. It's more cosmetic typically. Sometimes there have been refreshes with um, some more substantial changes, but for the most part, we see these mid-product cycles. So if, if, a, if, a, if a car is going to be redesigned every five years, every two years or so you might see a refresh in, the, in that mid-product cycle. Uh, to answer your question. Um, Stu, could you answer this question for me? Mm -hmm. uh, what can I expect in the uh, Highlander, the new one, uh, that I don't have in uh, the uh, uh, 2020? What are the safety features that are going to oh, blow me away? Oh, for the, uh, well, for the most recent one, uh, Toyota, they call it the star safety system. And all that means is, rewind back about 10 years ago, or maybe a little bit more, um, safety features, believe it or not, were optional features uh, I remember side airbags was an expensive upgrade. You had to add about $750 to upgrade uh, to side airbags. And now it's almost unthinkable that these wouldn't be standard. So um, for the most part, 99% of the high-tech safety features are now be, being made available by manufacturers on all their models. They're not skimping on the safety. And then you can get a little, you know, a little bit more sophisticated and have you know, lane keep assist, which would actually steer your car back into the lane. So on the new, on the Highlander, it's pretty much everything that any manu modern manufacturer is putting in their cars right now. It's is the whole, it's the whole, uh, the whole uh, uh, caboodle. Is there, is there anything that comes to mind as far as the back seat is concerned? Because in the consumer report, they're really addressing that where, uh, you know, the, the back seat just wasn't that important to change uh, as far as safety, as far as comfort. Can I find a better back seat in the Highlander? than the previous model mm -hmm. um i i can't can't answer that question <laughs> I, okay. don't, I don't know well go to your consumer report uh linda is giving us a call she too is a first-time caller from north carolina good morning linda welcome to the show well, good morning how are you uh very well thank you thanks for helping us build uh, a platform here for the ladies what can we do for you this morning Okay, I've got a couple questions. Um, one of the questions is, when is the best time to give the affidavit, uh, you know, when you're at a dealership? Uh, when's the, fi uh, the best time to give the affidavit for the final out-the-door price? Well, well you're, refer you're referring to Nancy's affidavit. Uh, yes. I, I would say at, at the time you take delivery, uh, you're, uh, up to that point you would have insisted on the uh, out the door price, and uh, you would have described it as what you will write a check for, uh, and be able to get in the car and take it home. And uh, when you're uh, when you're getting ready to do that and get in the car and take it home, uh, you could ask them to sign it. I, I think that in some cases uh, it would uh, maybe delay your departure because uh, salespeople typically are not allowed to sign anything. Uh, it would have to be a manager. In a dealership, and some dealerships, uh, nobody's allowed uh, to sign anything in way of a legal paper other than a typical buyer's order or something like that. But, and, uh, uh, Linda, I'll tell you, excuse me. Uh, I'll tell you what, Linda. Uh, the minute you start tossing around uh, words like "out the door price," they're going to know you're very <laughs> serious about that "out the door price" with no shenanigans. So it's definitely worth its weight in gold uh, to uh, use that, that affidavit okay. that gives you the out-the-door price. And uh, you, can, uh, you can fax that over to the dealership, uh, hand-deliver it, uh, whatever, but you can just be sure that you're going to get the out-the-door price. No add-ons at all. Okay. 
So should I, if I'm at a dealership and I'm, I'm uh, talking about a, a certain vehicle, uh, should I indicate beforehand that I'm looking for the out-the-door price and then at the end before we do the final, at that point give them the affidavit to actually sign? Well, if, if, you, if, you've done your, if you've done your due diligence in out-the-door price, meaning you uh, started out shopping online, uh, you communicated mm -hmm. by email or text, and uh, you uh, explained to them that you have selected their dealership for the lowest price after looking at uh, three or four others, and uh, you would like to confirm that the price that they gave you is a price that you can write your check out for, and bring it in, give it to the salesperson, and, and go home. Uh, if they if they confirm that that is the case, then uh, you would uh, actually not even need the affidavit because uh, you would give them the check, and then you would get in the car and take it home. So it's it's okay. a, it's an extra tool in your arsenal. Uh, you uh, you uh, you can discuss it, but the best thing to do is to uh, be sure that they'll accept your check. Absolutely, okay. and that uh, Linda, you're not going to be paying. You're not going to be paying any hidden fees. No dealer installed accessories. Uh, uh, I could take up a lot of time here and just give you a whole list, but it's just real important that they know how serious you are and that mm -hmm. you have probably done your homework. And they'll step back and reason with you and uh, take uh, that affidavit seriously. Okay, and then I've got one other question, and that question um, is pretty much, you know, on the certified vehicles, what I'm wanting is I want to get one that's, you know, a couple years old, but I don't want the certification on it. And uh, if, if they would, if the dealership would say they could take off that certification fee, how would I know that they've actually taken off the price that they've added to, you know what I'm saying what what uh, they they said say it's two thousand dollars that they that they uh, have added for the certification but then whenever I tell them to take it off they're t only wanting to take off fifteen hundred knowing that I wouldn't know the difference well make your uh, make your deal uh, on the best price uh, that you got and uh, based on the fact that it is certified and then tell them that you change your mind uh, that you don't require the certification, uh, they they have a warranty on a certified car. They would remove the warranty, and if they remove the warranty, they should remove uh, the the cost of the certification. Now they do have a check sheet that they have to go through, but they should do that on all their cars anyway. And then if you certify it, it has a factory warranty on the used car. So uh, you would you would buy the car or tell them you're ready to take delivery on the car based on the on the price that it was certified and then when they confirm that's the price out the door you say okay uh, I don't want the warranty and how much will you, will you reduce the price by it should be what's due three four five hundred dollars exactly yeah so uh, you should be able to get a, a few hundred dollars off the price when you say you don't want the warranty okay perfect okay well thank you all so much for thank um for answering my questions. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Linda. Thanks for tuning in, Daryl Stewart on Cars. Spread the word. We'd love to hear from more of the ladies. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530.
All right. Anonymous feedback for Rick. Are there any issues to be concerned about in replacing the front driver's seat in a 2007 Corolla airbag, etc.? Uh, would salvage would a salvage yard be a good source to find seats? Thanks. I'm always a little nervous with salvage yards with airbag components because of the safety factor. Um, the easiest way to tell, though, as, as silly as this sounds, take out your original seat, put the other seat in place, and just plug in the electrical connectors and start the car up. If the lights come on for the normal bulb check and then go out, you should be pretty safe. But again, like I say, uh, I'm always a bit nervous using airbag components of any oh, sort from an, from a salvage yard yeah, you, you type use, system. You, you use the word salvage yard, and I think junkyard, and I'm thinking 20th century, uh, 21st century. Uh, some of these quote-unquote salvage yards are very sophisticated. They have good warranties. They have uh, uh, good Google ratings. They have uh, they're national. Uh, yep. And uh, we, most car dealers deal with these, we do, and yes, most car do. dealers do. So uh, it's like anything else, if you're going to replace something that has been rebuilt, you want to be sure to deal with a very reliable company. Uh, you might call the dealer of the make car that you have, and uh, if you got a Honda, call the Honda dealer you deal with and say to the parts department, who do you deal with when you uh, install salvage? or rebuild parts mm. and they'll have someone reliable that they can trust and there will be typically a warranty like a one-year warranty most of them are six months six and months. okay like if you're doing an say you're putting in an engine they have an option for an increased price to yeah. give you a one-year warranty yeah it's a huge uh market out there for these uh rebuild and when we call them junkyards we don't do them proper service or salvage uh they are really sophisticated uh, they take these uh Recycle units. They'll, they'll take them apart, put them back together again. They test them. They warranty them. And you always have to look at that alternative before you buy a new part from a dealer. You go into a dealer and you buy a new seat, you get hosed. I mean, uh, in simple vernacular terms, the manufacturer overcharges the dealer for the seat, and mm -hmm. the dealer overcharges you for the seat. If you get a good remanufactured ones, which isn't easy because you got a lot of, you know, trim and color uh, and everything else, but who knows? Uh, you might get exactly what you wanted, half what you have to pay the dealer. Yep. Okay, uh, we're going to go out to Jupiter Farms and talk to Frank. Hi, Frank. How are you? Hey, Frank. Hey, good morning. Nice to hear from you. Likewise. This is going to be a very quick, um, because I know you're getting ready to mystery shopping report, and I just had some friends come over for breakfast. Oh, but thank in, you. Uh, um, unfortunately, no update for the other issue, but... No. Uh, the gentleman that just called about how the new cars are changing and stuff for 2021. Mm -hmm. There's an excellent source right now that just came out, the Motor Trend 2021 Car SUV and Truck Buying Guide. Um, it has 230 vehicles in there, and it'll show anything from no change to minor change to major change. And what they did, it seems like almost all the cars, um, Toyota included, are providing all the lane assist and the backups and the cameras as standard equipment. That's great. But um, it's, a, it's a great source for that one person that called in to see what's going to be happening next year. Oh, thank you, I'm Frank. A, I'm looking it up right now, Frank. Yeah, it may have been because I was a subscriber because I was looking to see what the um, um, month was. There's no real month, but it's just called, it's like, it comes out once a year, I guess, kind of like um, 
Consumer Reports does too. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is, is an excellent source also. But this this magazine with 230 different cars is some interesting reading. Yeah, in the ranks and, and different things. Yeah, so, we need thanks. all the help we can get. Thanks, Frank. I yeah. found it. Okay, that gives you a little something extra. But thank you guys, and um, we'll stay in touch and. Uh, we really do enjoy your show. Oh, thank you so I'm, much, I'm, I'm Frank. getting a little jealous, though. My, my girlfriend wakes up to um, Earl Stewart on Saturday mornings every morning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look out. you got a little competition going on. You better get up, too, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I thought you might enjoy a little sense of humor there. We, you guys have a good one. we always do, especially from you. You have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy that breakfast. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm getting old and senile. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Okay, uh, I believe that uh, Stu's got some texts to get to. I think we're all caught up. I'm, I'm, I'm searching all our various channels. They're coming in. Are we, are we caught up on YouTube comments? We are. All right. Okay. Maybe okay. no comment. That's the nice thing about texts and YouTubes and Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can accumulate them, and we'll probably get to the Mystery Shopping Report uh, with time to address yeah. uh, new calls, texts, YouTubes, Facebook Whatever. And we'd love to, to hear from you folks. Uh, we'd love you to, uh, to rate that mystery shopping report that is uh, definitely, well, heart and soul put into this. Uh, I can't tell you enough. I don't think we mentioned that part of the mystery shopping report and uh, what uh, Agent uh, Lightning and uh, Stu, uh, how hard he works on it, putting it all together. And uh, we uh, so appreciate making it so interesting so knowledgeable My so creative helpful. writing professors would uh, oh, be i'm sorry i forgot the creative uh, uh, creative writing we got a youtube look at this uh rico west says what comes first the mentioning that you want to lease the vehicle or negotiating the out the door price thanks all well uh, Stu and i differentiated uh differed on this uh, a couple weeks ago um the, uh, the capitalized cost of a lease is uh, what you would typically pay, pretty close to what you t- typically pay if you had the best price on the car. One of the ways dealers can make more money on a lease is by inflating the capital uh, cost of the car. Uh, typically, leasing companies are, limit that to about 10% inflation, but they can get around that by undervaluing the trade-in and uh, other ways. So. Uh, I, I believe, my personal belief is whether you lease or buy a car, you should always find the best price yeah. on the car. Well, I, I, thought I have a compromise for our disagreement, yeah. which is get the out-the-door cash price yeah. and then insist that that selling price that they use to get that out, it, it becomes the capitalized price and the cost in the, uh, in exactly. the lease payment. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, uh, you're, if, you go, if you just play the payment game and you don't know what you paid for the car, uh, you pay for a car whether you lease it or you pay for a car whether you buy it. Uh, you just pay over time and only for the t- amount of time the car that you used depreciation uh, when you lease it. But it's, it's in principle, you want to you get the lowest price on the car, make that the capitalized cost, and then if you're going to lease it, then shop the lease payments. Yep. Okay. All right, before you get going, yeah. I'd like Mike to play our new theme song for the oh, Mystery Shopping fantastic. Report. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Okay, Mike. If you're listening. <laughs> Oh, I caught him. I caught him off guard. Okay. Okay. We'll mystery, get started anyway. <laughs> mystery shop. Oh, here we go. It's got lightning and thunder. It's perfect. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. He <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm not. I'm not done dancing. Oh. Come on, get that camera over here. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is uh, interesting. Uh, we've entered a new era here with Earl Sterling Carr's Mr. Shopping Report, and if you were listening last week, uh, and if you look at our blog, our template for buying a used car online uh, is, is worth reading. And you'll see more of these, and we're going to juxtapose them with the old-fashioned responding to too-good-to-be-true ads. And this was a, a mystery shopping report, and I put it as, I made it the blog because it is a template for the way you should buy a car. So substitute whatever make you want to buy. This was for Fords. We talked to uh, online to four different Ford dealers in the same market, and we chose one. And uh, we started out online, only visited one. And that's the way cars are bought in the 21st century. So you'll see these about every other week or every so often. And then the one we did this week was of uh, the old-fashioned way, responding to an ad that was too good to be true. It was a mystery shop of Wallace, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Stewart. Uh, had we done it the other way, we would have probably gone to Napleton Jeep. We call them, we'll call it um, Wallace Jeep and Napleton Jeep and Rigo Jeep and uh, I guess Delray Jeep, and that would be four in the market. They're all over the place. Yeah. So uh, three or four uh, dealers online, and you go through the process of uh, getting the best price you can out the door, and you will go through a lot of nonsense and you select the one with the least nonsense before you actually go in. And that's what we did uh, with this particular blog. So you really ought to read it. Go to EarlOnCars.com. EarlOnCars.com. It's in the archives. There's also the blog, because I want to be sure that everybody sees this. And uh, did we boost this on Facebook, too? i got to check with Josh. I think he asked him to, so I'm yeah, sure he we, did. We can be sure. We will, I want as many eyeballs on this, and you'll see many more like them. And uh, so here we go back. Uh, to uh, Wallace Jeep and, and Martin County, Stewart, and um, I'll just get into the, sh the report. For the last few weeks, we took a new direction on our mystery shops. Instead of our shoppers playing the role of a naive consumer lured into a dealership with a tantalizing ad, we had Agent Lightning, now with our female shopper, do it the right way, ignoring ads. And I, that's, that's one of my uh, blogs. Never pay any attention to any dealer advertising or manufacturer advertising. Uh, everything they tell you about the price of the car is discounted in the fine print, which you can't read. So forget about advertising and don't respond. Uh, anyway, as I say, Agent Lightning did it the right way, and uh, this time we're going to do it the wrong way with Agent Thunder. Uh, even when you do it the right way, getting out the door price from a car dealer is no easy task. Getting this information was, in many cases, uh, Stu mixed his metaphors here. I'll just get, I'll make it right. It's like pulling teeth. It's, it's, what? It's, no, it's, that's it's, not mixing metaphors. It's rare, as rare as hen's teeth, because hens don't have teeth. I know, but I actually, I looked that up, and that was a, a play on the two uh, metaphors. Ah, okay. Because you can't, you Still. can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Still, our recent exercises show that with a minor investment of time, a prepared consumer can avoid many of the hassles involved in slipping around to a bunch of car dealerships and playing the car dealer's game on their turf. In the last two weeks, Agent Lightning 
was able to get prices from about a dozen dealerships, but physically visited only two. Her total time investment was just a couple of hours, and she was able to get some pretty good deals. And for the most part, she was able to avoid the back and forth and the other nonsense we usually see from our Mr. Shops. But as promised, we're going to keep mixing it up for you. And this, uh, this week, we went back, uh, returned our car dealer to car dealer advertising, you know, the stuff we tell you to ignore altogether. Uh, we asked Agent Thunder to dust off his shopping shoes and uh, pretend to fall prey to a very familiar sort of ad to really low payment. You know, I just, uh, I guess I'm in the business, so I can't really give an opinion on this, but how do people respond to absurdly low payments? I mean, if I saw a sandwich advertised for 29 cents, yeah, uh, I don't want to eat that sandwich. I, I, would, I wouldn't respond to the ad. <laughs> Why do people go in on a $99 payment uh, on a new car? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this type of ad usually involves an eye-catching low payment, and they're not always clear whether the payment is for a lease or a purchase, a loan. You know, when they're, when they're trying to lure you on a lease, they'll say, drive this car for only, yeah. you know, that's the key. If they say drive the car, that means you don't owe the car. They can't say buy. So they say drive the car, so that's the least bait and switch. Uh, always, of course, there's a catch, or multiple catches, low mileage allowances. Uh, this particular mystery shop was only 10,000 miles. I've seen them down as low as 7,500 miles a year. I mean, if you drive 20,000 miles a year and you buy a car with a 10,000 mile allowance uh, for four years, uh, <laughs> the nose. you're looking at thousands of thousands of dollars and mileage charge, it, it happens. Uh, a significant percentage of the calls I get after the fact, you know, I, because my number is everywhere, or text or whatever it may be, is I've only had this lease car for two years and I've reached my mileage limitation. What do I do? Well, you know, you uh, park the car. You're screwed. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> right, park the car. Uh, and you literally, you could probably uh, take a Uber or a Lyft. For less money than it's going to cost you yeah. to have to pay for well, the people, overmark. Uh, people are really doing that. We deal yeah. with that, you know, frequently. Yeah. Always, of course, there's a catch or multiple catches. There's a low mileage allowance, a big down payment. That's always. If you see a lease ad payment, there's a big down payment. You just haven't seen it yet. It's in the fine print. Other poorly disclosed charges, rebates available to only a few customers. That ought to be illegal. Yeah. That happened in this mystery shopping report. Ashley Moody, uh, maybe we're, we're going to mystery shop Ashley Moody. So when we do that, maybe that'll be the theme about what they're doing. Because too many dealers are jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, you come in, you want to buy at the, at the advertised price, and they say, well, are you a member of this credit union? No. Uh, do you already own a Chrysler? No. Are you in active duty in the military? No. Are you a farmer? And are you a member of the... I mean, they, they come up with these obscure requirements that are programmed somewhere, and they say, are you able to uh, say yes to all these questions? And nobody can. Odds would be one in a million. Anyway, uh, but I digress. Hmm. Uh, the ad Agent Thunder Visca this week was from Wallace, uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge. We'll call it Wallace Jeep for this week's report. And uh, Wallace Jeep is on our recommended uh, dealer lists. As a matter of fact, all Wallace dealerships 
they're all on the recommended list, with the exception of the Chevrolet store. And I have to give the transparency uh, advice that I know Bill Wallace. I won't say we're good friends, but we've known each other for a long, long time. I consider him an honest man, honest dealer, but he's got too many dealerships to watch as closely as he should. And his his dad has you, a good name. And I bet you Bill would agree with me on that. Anyway. Earl, you can share a name with his dad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Bill's name, dad's name was Earl. My, my mother worked for Earl Wallace years ago. Uh, digressing again. Uh, Wallace's Jeep's ad was for a 2000 new, 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo with a $180 payment. Now, $189 is a great payment for a big expensive SUV like that. To put it in perspective, a smaller, less expensive vehicle like a Honda CRV leases for $289 with zero down payment. So it's $100 cheaper than a vehicle that should lease for far less. Uh, as discussed earlier, we usually know what the catches are before setting foot in the dealership. We know what we're dealing with, but when it comes to the bait, it's always a switch that's really interesting. Bait and switch. SOP in all car dealerships. Okay, the report speaking as if I were Agent Thunder. I arrived at Wallace Jeep in Martin County, Stewart, just after lunchtime. The showroom uh, looked a little dated and the staff gave off an old school vibe. You ain't seen nothing yet. This is really old school. Some employees were wearing masks, others were not. This is the first time that we've seen that happen. Everybody jumped on the mask bandwagon, apparently, except for Wallace Jeep. There were large bottles of hand sanitizer on the reception desk, but other than that, there didn't seem to be a noticeable anti-COVID effort. I was approached and greeted by a mask wearer, Frank. Frank asked how he could help me. I told him that my wife uh, lease was expiring, and we were looking to get into a new SUV with a low payment. I said she found their ad for a new Grand Jeep uh, Cherokee for $189 a month. Perfect, replied Frank. Never blinked. It's a real pro. You know, when they come in there, I, I often wonder, you know, what the salespeople think when they come in. A pro, they don't even blink. A newbie would be sh shaking in that's, his shoes. That's deer in the headlights. And what am I going to say? I mean, I know that I can't lease in that. What am I going to say? I'll ask the manager. I'll ask the manager. It's got to be scary being a new salesperson with a really mean bait-and-switch ad to the paper or the TV or online. Um, anyway, we went to sit down in Frank's office at his desk, and right away Frank disclosed that the payment in the ad was for the Laredo trim level, the lowest of 12. Yeah, there's 12 <laughs> trim levels. 12 levels. And that was the cheapest. And, and I said, uh, I wasn't surprised. I said, yeah, I know. So that kind of deflated. Uh, that was his first attempt to the switch because a lot of people would say, oh. Oh, no, I, I want something a little bit nicer than that. Yeah, I like something a little nicer. See, that's good. Uh, now he can switch the, uh, the bait. And now you have, let me have something a little nicer. It'll just be a few more dollars. Right. But it didn't work because I said, I know. Frank asked me if he could make a copy of my driver's license. I handed it over to him. Waited for 10 minutes before it came back. Another testimony to the uh, old school and dealerships that we're uh, visiting now, they, they take a, a scan with your phone. Yeah. Let me have your license, scan, bam. You're, you, know, you move along, yeah. life goes on. The old school tactics, you get the customer to invest their time. The longer you spend there, it's, it's this yeah. sunken cost fallacy. Okay, I spent all this time already, why am yeah. I gonna leave now? Yeah, I'm shopping for a car. I've been shopping for a car. I, I'm running out of patience. I wanna buy, I wanna buy. 
and you just you hold their feet to the fire, you keep them, you keep them, and they say, okay, I can't be shopping for a car the rest of my life, right. and you sign, and it's old school. When he returned, he informed me that the Grand Cherokee in the ad wasn't available anymore. Oh, but he could, he should be able to find a pretty close match. I like it. Pretty close. It would be almost the that same sounds price. good. Yeah, as yeah. long as it's pretty yeah. close. <laughs> so there's the uh, second, second switch attempt. We've had two switch attempts. This time, I showed some frustration. I said, "You're kidding me," uh, and asked him if he, if I, I asked him if I just got suckered by a bait and switch ad. Frank said, "No, because if I'd read the disclosure, I would have seen it was for a specific vehicle, not all vehicles, and that the stock number was listed." Switch attempt number three. Yeah. But he's telling the truth. It was there yeah. in the fine print. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. Okay. He went on to say that to get the payment in the ad, I'd have to qualify for all the rebates. And this is what I just said that uh, Ashley Moody should really crack down on. Okay. They advertised this particular vehicle, factored in multiple, listen to these now, I'm going to read them to you, multiple qualifications. He said the rebates include a military rebate. Okay, now, what are the odds in South Florida that uh, a guy walking into a dealership is on active duty in the military? Yeah. If, we, if this was in Pensacola, it would be yeah, a different yeah, case. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I took uh, courses in statistics and probability when I was in college, <laughs> and there's a way you can calculate the thing. So the odds of somebody coming in in South Florida that be active duty military, one in 5,000? Am I being too generous? Probably. I'll too ask my, generous. I'll ask my daughter. That's her favorite class. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so, of course not. Then he says, uh, are you uh, a member of the Realtors Association? <laughs> that's my favorite one. Uh, that's, about, that's about one in 5,000, too. And, and I'm being generous. Well, there's more realtors in South Florida than there are, uh, you know, current military. <laughs> what about the Llama Club? And I, Nobody and, and, ever mentions the Llama no, Club it's, anymore. It's the the wait, there's more. <laughs> and I would have to currently own a Jeep. Now, uh, Jeep has probably got about, uh, what, 5% uh, of the market? Right. So that's 1 in 20 car owners. Anyway, you multiply... Right, it's, yeah, it's, don't think it too mathematical. You keep multiplying the probabilities yeah. and it becomes astronomically the, small. It's, it's one in a, uh, I'm going to condense it, one in a million. Yeah, probably. One in a million that anybody walking in that door qualified for all those rebates. Ashley Moody, are you listening? Okay? It is, it is a rampant uh, deception. Uh, it just, it's just not the right thing to do. Anyway. Uh, where am I? Ashley, I, can I got you hear me? Emotionally involved. <laughs> this, we need a song for that. Yeah. Uh, that a listener, write a jingle, and uh, maybe that'll get get someone's attention. <laughs> yeah, I agreed to consider another Grand Cherokee. Oh no no go oh. okay uh, okay you got the, I, currently uh, on a Jeep. Uh, All right, he said he felt suckered. Oh yeah, I said I I did feel suckered by the ad. Oh yeah, <laughs> Frank said I hadn't me. You haven't been suckered. The ad. Uh, brought me in, and the ad brought you in, and you're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be giving you a good deal. Right. You haven't suckered. What does that mean? Right. You, you lied to me, I, I, and I, I came in. What he's saying is the ends justify the means. Yeah, if I hadn't <laughs> lied to you, you wouldn't have come in, and I couldn't give you this great deal. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there are people. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, and, and there are people who say, oh yeah, I guess you're right. 
Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be able to give me the good deal because I'd have never come in if you told me the truth. <laughs> so you're doing me a favor. He's so honest. I don't know. Uh, he, said, he said I'd be happy when it was all yeah. over. So I agreed That's... to consider another Grand Cherokee. Uh, we settled on another Laredo model. I told Frank that I still needed to be as close to the $189 payment. Otherwise, my wife will be very unhappy. I said I was already anticipating a tough time explaining the qualifications that I missed in the ad. Yeah, I missed. That everybody missed. Uh, Frank responded by asking me if I was ready to make a deal today, old school, today. Are you going to buy? going to buy today? Otherwise, don't bother me. Don't waste my time. You going to buy today? I said I would be ready if, we could, if he could show me something I could take to my wife that wouldn't get me killed. <laughs> yeah. He laughed, went to see his manager. When he returned, he told me that in order to get to 189 a month without the rebates I didn't qualify for, and nobody qualifies for, I would need to put $9,000 down. <laughs> you know, I just had a thought. Back up. We there to, it is. We need to do it. We need to do one mystery shopping report. <laughs> when you say, uh, "Yeah, I'm a Marine, active duty. Right. I'm shipping out the next week. Right. And I'm also a member and I gotta, of the Realtors Association. I got to show a house in about two hours. Exactly. So I got to show a house, and, 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 and I'm in the military. And what was the other one? Uh, I got a Jeep at home, and uh, and I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. Yeah, throw in some other ones. I go. I got some other qualifications if you need them. And just do it. I'm do an it. astronaut. And do a deadpan. Do a deadpan. Just like, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm a volunteer firefighter. And you know what's going to happen? He'd go back to the man and goes, "You're not going to believe this, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> we found the one." Oh man, I, we, we do have fun. We we laugh. But it's really not funny. And, and, we, we, cry. and we cry. <laughs> yeah. But people, people are victimized, and they, they fall into this trap. Wallace Jeep is doing well. They're prospering and uh, making a lot of money. And, uh, and uh, that's uh, not the way you should be making the money. Uh, we, he laughed. Went to see his manager. When he returned, told me that in order to get a okay, we got that, I would need to put $9,000 down. Jeez. $9,000. But the good news was I could be somewhere in the 300s. Now, after all this, I'm putting $9,000 down, and I'm, I'm not even close to the 189 You're band. You're Yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think he was saying to get the 189, he needs 9000 down. But good news, he has a deal for him in the 300s. Okay. As we spoke to manager, Anthony walked over. Anthony thanked me. Anthony's a tough guy, by the way. Anthony thanked me for coming in. I said I was disappointed with the ad situation, and I'd like to see a deal Frank mentioned in writing. So Anthony reached into his pocket, pulled out a business card, and then started writing numbers on the back of the business card. I stopped him and asked, seriously? He's got, a, he's got his business card. And I'm asking him to put the details down, and he's going to put it on his business card. Uh, I guess maybe he writes in fine print. <laughs> Probably. On a business card, yeah. you have to. That'd be great. Wouldn't it be funny if you had a dealership where Everything was in fine print, and they, and they, you know, they write out, write out everything. They sign things and everything. Yeah, fine print. Uh, I stopped him, asked him if he was serious, as he said he was, and then asked if I was serious about taking the vehicle today. See, that's you know, boom, boom, boom. Flipped it right around. Are you serious? Him. Hey, are you serious? I said at first, no. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I asked him why that mattered and why he couldn't just give me the best price in payment. He must have thought that was hysterical. Anthony said something to the effect, well, 
if you're not sure you're going to buy the car, I could text you some numbers, but it won't have our name on it. Now, this is, we didn't make this up. No. This is true. Anthony said something to the effect of, if you're not sure you're going to buy the car, I could text you some numbers, but I won't have, it won't have our name on it. We don't give out numbers if you're not buying today. We also haven't run your credit. Okay. I told him I couldn't believe what I'm hearing and asked him again why they were being so difficult about giving me something in writing. Anthony said it was because I could be shopping around and I would use his numbers and prices to work a better deal somewhere else. And that is treasonous. <laughs> That's how it's supposed you, to work. You, you, you would lie and you would take my good faith price and you would go to my competition and you would actually show him my price and then he would give you a lower price. That is treasonous, should be punished by a hanging. I think that's anti-American uh, for it. That's anti-American. Why? Well, I, I mean, shopping on, and comparing a price should be illegal, right? Outlawed. Old school, folks. By I the way, yeah. I didn't have it in the report. Um, I did just text, if you want, I, I just sent you uh, what Anthony did text uh, uh, Agent Thunder. Uh -huh. And um, and true to his word, there is no identifying um, yeah. information on it. So yeah. I don't even understand that. So Agent Thunder went to Napleton Jeep and showed them those numbers. I mean, clearly this came from a car dealer. It wasn't like something he whipped it up and on his phone. Well, did it come uh, it, through? If it was a salesman that said that, I'd say just so he couldn't be accused of uh, uh, doing well, yeah. uh, but it's a manager. breaking the rules. Or maybe he doesn't want the general manager yeah. to, to jump on him. Uh, anyway, I told him I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I asked him again why they were being blah, blah, blah. Um, and I said, okay. I decided to end the shop at this point. I told Frank and Anthony they seem to trust their customers. They need to trust their customers more and put their best foot forward. Neither one seemed impressed with my speech. And there you go. Well, probably the most uh, uh, 20th century backward uh, old school experience we've had in a long time. Bill Wallace, uh, my friend, um, I hope you're listening. I know you wouldn't tolerate this. And there'll probably be some uh, conversation about it at your dealership. And you'll upgrade. And that's the purpose of our mystery shopping report is to help well-meaning dealers like Bill Wallace, who most of his stores are on a recommended list, mm -hmm. to bring all the stores on the recommended list. Hard to keep everybody happy when you have a dozen stores. And that's about how many Bill has. Yeah. I have a feeling we're adding another, uh, another one to the do not recommended list. Yeah. But... We'll let the voting uh, proceed. We have Mark and Palm Beach Gardens with an F, uh, Linda with a big fat F, and um, the masks uh, or the inconsistent um, use of masks uh, helped her. With that, I'm going give to give them an F to it. There was nothing good about this. Massey? Yeah. Okay, uh, F. Rick? I've got Guy Larrabee with an F, a big fat F. Uh, Kyle Go Down the Trail with an F. Tim Gilliland says, Sorry, an A is no longer available, but this D is with $9,000 down. <laughs> and from me, it's a big old D minus. You're going to face the music, folks, but uh, hey. Earl? Yeah, yeah I, I failed too. And Bill, I'm sorry, okay. but uh, I got to be honest. Um, you got to get that store uh, turned around. Absolutely. And uh, let's give some airtime to the Attorney General, Ashley Moody. Remember, each state designates an agency. They designate an agency so that they can protect us from deception and unfair business and fraud and everything in between. 
give her a call. Ask for her help to protect us. Her number, 850-414-3300. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be right back here. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.